Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Magic Green Medicine with your host, Susan Weed. I'm Daniel Michael, the founder, co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network. And it's great to be back on the air again, as I haven't been doing the Wednesday show as much as our co-host, Janice R. White, the associate producer. I'd better say her. I'll get myself in trouble. Janice R. White has been in the hospital and sick, and last Wednesday we went to visit her. But tomorrow we will be back with myself and Mr. Darren Bouquer, a reader of palmistry and tarot at Marie Laveau's House of Voodoo, the magical city of New Orleans. And I see Susan is in the queue, and I'm going to go ahead and turn on the microphone. Welcome, Susan. Hi, how are you tonight, Daniel? Doing well, doing well. We just had a band practice and working out some things and some new things and ready to move on as things sometimes need to do. And so all is going well. Been working a lot and all of that as well. So money is well, coming in. Yeah. So the band went off and did a tour. Mm-hmm. And you're back from that. And then before you went off and did a tour, you had finished up your new CD. Yes. Is that Which CD is out yet? Of the New Old Ways is what it's called. The New Old Ways, so it is out. It is out, yes. And we're on Reverb Nation. If All anyone right. goes to Reverb Nation, they can type in Dragon's Head, which is the name of the band, Dragon's Head. 
um, Reverb Nation, and there's about eight of the 11 songs are on that page that you can play for free. So Hey! So most All of right, them that's fab. So go to mm-hmm. Reverb Nation, and you can listen up for free and then get the the CD. Absolutely. Hurrah! That is wonderful. So we have been talking about the trees of the 13 moons. There being 13 new moons in a solar year. And we went through the first six trees. And we saw how they related to our personal development. We started with birch, beth in the first new moon after winter solstice. And we talked about conception and quiet. And then we moved from that to mountain ash, to gestation. And the the growth that is not so hidden as the growth um, at Birch. And from that, we went to Ash, the tree of the connection between the parent and the child, the tree of birth, the tree of amniotic fluid. And then to Alder, which is the tree of the consort, So we go very, very rapidly from birth through our entire childhood and get already to the point of, um, as it were, at the fourth one, looking ahead a little, looking ahead into relationship. And not just the relationship that we have with our parents, which is in the third tree, but the relationship that we have with others. And then the fifth tree, willow who is the crone, brings us face-to-face with death. As the willow goes up and then goes down, and we begin to understand that that is true of our personal life as well, that we will die. And then we come to Hawthorne, and Hawthorne is the guardian. It is also the ghost or the spirit So it's as though in those first six we are taken from conception through to contemplating death and then actually being death and being a spirit. And then to the seventh tree, which is oak, the tree at the heart of the trees of the 13 moons, the tree which is said to be rooted at the center of the earth and extend its branches all the way up to the fixed star of the dipper there, uh, the only star that appears to not move at all in the sky. So the the oak is the center of that. And as we go on then, beyond that, we start to get trees that talk to us about what tree number four foreshadowed, which is the involvement in community. And so the eighth tree is the tree, the holly, which is about stretching ourselves out and encountering others. And then the ninth tree is the hazel tree, and it's about being perceived and being apprehended and how we are seen and how others see us. 
And the tenth tree is variously translated as either bramble or vine. So it could be either grapevine or red raspberry. And it is about what it's like to be deeply bound into your relationships and into community. At the 10th, again, we are kind of at the middle of this second series of six. And so the 10th one is like the deepest into relationship that we can get, like the grapevine winding about. And the 11th then is ivy, and ivy can pull down a brick wall. So it's not that tangled kind of connection that the grapevine has, but the very serious personhood, as in a way, of the ivy, so that this, in that yin-yang flow, kind of comes back out and says how strong I am. And then we go to the 12th lunation, which is the reed. And it is always represented the strength of the community because one reed can easily be broken, but a bundle of reeds is powerful enough to make the wall of a house. And the very last tree, the tree of the 13th lunation, is elder. Again, a tree of death and a tree of rebirth. So again, coming around the cycle so that these trees and the things that they represent are are helping to show us a certain pattern of things. One of the women who's had a very strong influence on my life is Twyla Nitch not with us in her body anymore and she was the wolf clan leader of the Seneca nation and she told us the story of how she kept asking her mother to teach her the sacred ways and she would ask her mother in different ways to teach her to give her the teachings to teach her the sacred ways to teach her the pathways of peace and her mother would say to her, in a little while, when you're a little bit older, I'll get around to it. And finally, her mother is lying on her deathbed like in a fairy tale, right? And Twyla says, now will you give me the teachings? And her mother pointed to the clock. And she said, it's all about the Ever going around change. It's always about the way things change. And then she named the 12 segments for Twyla. Honor the truth, see the truth, speak the truth, be the truth, and so on. And when I'm working with the trees of the 13 moons, I think of it also as a medicine wheel, which of course is what a clock is. It's a medicine wheel. It's a medicine wheel divided into 12s. And so each quarter of that medicine wheel has three. And in a way, it's, as we said before, 12 is the number of patriarchy because it's so easily divisible. And thus it makes a good clock face where 13 is the number of the matriarchy. And so it's indivisible. It's a prime number. It does not make a very good clock face. And so we have to look just a little harder to be able to really get and perceive 
the pattern because 13 can often feel like chaos to us. So moving then into that tree of the Ace Lunation. And the oak tree, of course, is the tree closest to summer solstice. And also just a reminder that there are actually trees that are sacred to the individual holidays. So there's a tree of summer solstice, and just as there's a tree of winter solstice and the equinoxes and so on. But the oak is the new moon closest to summer solstice. And then the next new moon after that, following that, is the holly tree. And, of course, you as a musician are probably familiar with the old air, the holly and the ivy. And we note that both the holly and the ivy are part of the the trees of the 13 moons. Probably worth stopping here for a moment and answering perhaps that unspoken but um, certain at least nibbling at the edges of your mind trees of the 13 moons trees we really got it with the trees in the in the first seven season an oak is a tree a birch is a tree right and ash is a tree we get it that these are trees but holly <clears throat> holly is more like a shrub then it is a tree, and one could not argue with that. And in fact, if we go through and we say, okay, holly is kind of a shrub, well, hazel, hmm, hazel, even as a tree, does not get very big. And of course, in, in America, we use witch hazel, which again is always shrub-like. And then we have muin, which is either bramble or grapevine. Again, not very tree-y. Then ivy, not very tree-y. And the elder, and certainly in Europe, elders do get to be small tree size, but generally not in North America. And so this is a bit of a conundrum, and I think it has a lot to do with the translation, and that probably the word that was used originally was something like um, plants that um, grow year after year and are very, very important to us, and that that was a little wordy, so we just decided to translate it as trees. Is my best guess about this because, again, all of these plants, although they may not reach the stature of an oak tree, are nonetheless persistent perennial plants and plants that are, for many, many reasons, important. So we think of the holly and we immediately think of those sharp barbs on the holly leaf. As a matter of fact, almost any child when drawing Christmas decorations is going to draw a holly leaf with those sharp thorns sticking out of the holly leaf and add the little red berries there. The holly is generally grown as an ornamental plant. And its ogum name is Tinay. Botanists call holly Ilex. And there are lots of different kinds of hollies. In addition to the more tree-like hollies that are grown as ornamental plants, usually in foundation plantings, there are also wild hollies, which are even more shrub-like and generally don't get very tree-like at all. One of the most Famous of them is Ilex vomitoria, which made the black drink of a group of native people of California. And they would get together once a year and have a black drink festival. 
Now, some of you may already know that holly is poisonous, and all hollies are poisonous, and all parts of all hollies are poisonous. And they would make the black drink um, often of the bark of the roots of Ilex vomitoria. And I think you've probably already guessed from the name of the plant what happened. They would indeed vomit from drinking this. And they had a regular celebration around getting together once a year, brewing up this drink, and vomiting. So um, I know that there is something that, although our minds rebel at it, that the body finds a certain pleasure in it. I think that that is the basis of bulimia, of people who actually get addicted to vomiting. And I would not... Um, be surprised to find that people who engage in this, even on a yearly but on a ritual basis, have at least some bit of that addiction to this. The heroic tradition, which we've talked about often on in our shows here, of course, is the tradition that comes up out of the belief that there are evil humors in the body or that there are too much humors in the body, and that these have to be changed or eliminated, and that the favorite techniques of the heroic practitioners and the people who believe in the humoral theory are to cause people to vomit, to cause people to have diarrhea, and to bleed people. So plants like Ilex, went along with these thought processes. Let me give you an example, perhaps a horrifying example, to maybe make this point a little stronger. And that is that approximately a century ago, if someone had a venereal disease, in order to cleanse the body and drive the toxins out, people were given doses of mercury, because it caused both diarrhea and vomiting and therefore was considered a cleansing agent. As I said, one that makes us all kind of wince. Now, one of the things that is fascinating to me is the regular holly that's grown as a shrub only has thorns on the lower leaves, and we suspect that that grew in response to browsing animals and that the um, higher leaves, which are above the level of the animals, didn't have to have thorns. There are plants and trees that have adapted themselves in New Zealand to being browsed by very large birds. So many of these have completely naked trunks for a great deal up, and then suddenly leaves at the very, very top. So Holly is doing something somewhat similar. Holly trees are male trees and female trees, and it is the female hollies that have the red berries. It doesn't matter if you're going to use it medicinally, whether you get a female holly tree or a male holly tree, but if you're planting it as an ornamental plant or foundation planting and you want those red berries, then be sure that you specify that you get a female tree. And I believe 
that uh, since you can buy a cloned tree that they can indeed assure you of it if you're just growing hollies from seed. Of course, you don't know until it's mature enough to have flowers and to see whether those are male flowers or the female flowers, which are followed by the red berries. The flowers of holly are one of the flower essences that Dr. Botch created. And we remember that Dr. Botch, or Dr. Bach, as some people call him, was a pediatric doctor. He was a children's doctor in England during these very heroic times. As a matter of fact, the British Medical Journal, the equivalent of the AMA Medical Journal, to this day is still named the Lancet, which is a tool used for bleeding people. And so Dr. Botch... um, basically just felt bad about the way that he had to treat children, to bleed them, to cause them to throw up, to give them diarrhea. And after he retired walking in the woods, he had the inspiration that he could make um, watery essences of the flowers of the trees around him and that these could be very helpful for children. And, of course, this has gone on to on an entire movement called the Flower Essence Movement. But Dr. Bach was really the one who originally had that sacred vision. And he thought that the flower essence of holly flowers was good for those who were feeling greed, who were feeling angry, who were feeling jealousy, who were feeling hatred. As a matter of fact, Bach so put the holly remedy as a important remedy that when asked, if I'm not sure what to use, what should I use, his answer was holly. Holly is the one to use if you're unsure what you would want. The berries are not just emetics, they are also purgative. So like the mercury, it is going to cause you to spew from both things. Ends. The fresh bark tinctured is the part that has been used as medicine. Again, it's a very drug-like medicine, rather poisonous medicine, and so it is used to poison intestinal parasites. It's also, <clears throat> needless to say, used for any cases of constipation. Also a favored remedy for gout. I notice that there are dozens of remedies for gout. And I suspect that it's because gout is a condition that kind of comes and goes in its own, doesn't pay attention to too much of anything cycle. And so it's one of those things that attracts a lot of possible remedies. But no one who can actually say, yes, this really, really works for gout. The tincture of holly bark has also been used in treating fevers, but I would certainly go to almost any other remedy before I used holly bark for fevers. Magically, holly makes animals obey you. If you carry a piece of wood from the holly tree, okay, I'll go ahead and say it. If you carry a piece of holly wood and you throw it at an animal, even if it misses the animal, the animal will be compelled to stop and or lie down. Good trick for goat herders there. 
Not that Hollywood is that easy to get. A holly tree, as I mentioned, is frequently a foundation planting in certain areas of the country and also in Europe where it was thought that those spiky, thorny lower leaves of the holly would repel poisonous creatures. In other words, that if you planted a holly near your door that snakes would not come in lion wait there, that poisonous toads would not come. Uh, I'm not actually going to tell you this is necessarily true. I have certainly seen snakes lying under cactuses, so I don't think that uh, sharp barbed things are any problem at all for snakes. And the other things that holly is supposed to protect you against I'm going to say it probably wouldn't work at all because if you plant a holly by your house, then a witch can't enter there. And you know what? I just don't holly by your house. (laughs) I don't think that would work. Do you think that would work? No. (laughs) No. Matter of fact, I rather suspect that if you plant a holly by your house, the witch is going to come visit and ask if she can have some of the berries. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> and holly trees are supposed to repel lightning. Hmm. But again, I wouldn't count on it. A nice lightning rod will do a much better job than a holly tree. Although how wonderful to know that if you have a holly tree at your door, you are protected. And, of course, we can imbue imaginatively, symbolically, and emotionally anything we want onto anything. And as human beings, we are very good at doing that. So I think that this is a perfect thing for holly. We had on the other side of the oak, remember, we also had a thorny tree. We had the hawthorn. And the hawthorn stands to protect the oak on one side, and the holly with its thorny leaves stands on the other side of the oak to protect it as we move toward the winter. The energy of holly is said to be very strong and that if you use holly magically, that it might be like stepping into a flooding river. That you might be getting yourself into more than you've bargained for. In my little book of magic wand correspondences, it says a Hollywood wand gives you unlimited power. And who of us can resist thinking, oh, my goodness, Hollywood and power? Yes, indeed, right? Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, and I was talking to a homeopath today, and she said, anything that happens to you when you take a homeopathic remedy is not a coincidence. She says, it's part of what that homeopathic remedy has triggered in your life. And so I think that Hollywood being for power and the Hollywood that we know in California being about power, I don't think that's a coincidence. Right. I think that I think there really is something going on there. Some of the goddesses that are associated with the holly are Habonia, who is a goddess of plenty and a goddess of the hearth. And so also the goddesses of good eating, the corn mother, Kore, and Ceres. <clears throat> Again, as we move from our individual life and our individual necessary um, looking at ourselves as we grow up and start to look out, 
we begin to see that one of the hearts of the community is the corn mother, the grain, what brings us together to eat, what ties us together in the cultivation of that. And so the the corn maiden and the corn goddesses, the grain goddesses, being associated with holly brings also into the trees of the 13 moons not just the perennial plants that we go back to again and again, but the annual plants who so graciously give us their seeds. And it's wonderful that we have plants that seem permanent to us and that can give and give, but most of the world eats from annual plants, the seeds of annual plants, the grains and the beans. And these are very, very important to us. Sacred is one of the meanings of holly. Holly and holy, of course, go together. Tine is the Celtic word for sacred. This is the sacred tree. It is the tree that draws us out beyond our own boundaries and into the community. It is the tree that stretches us, that stretches us from just looking at ourselves to looking at the larger issues. It's the tree that extends us, that starts us thinking beyond our individual life and how we do something that goes on beyond our own end. And there we have it for Holly. And there we have it for tonight. We've used up another half hour. Isn't it amazing? Yes, we have. Time flies. Time flies. So I'm going to be all over this year teaching in all kinds of wonderful places. I'll be in Connecticut and British Columbia. I'll be in Kansas and California. I'll be out around the Seattle area and near the Boston area. So come and visit SusanWeed.com and you can see my schedule or go to the WiseWomanBookshop.com and you can see my schedule there. And I think you have a an active link right through to the Wise Woman Bookshop for people who want to get my books. Is that true? We do, we do, on the page. Right Absolutely. on the page, so that makes it easy. Well, bountiful Mayflower blessings to you. Thank you so much for running the Main Street universe and letting me have a little voice here on the Main Street. And thank you, listeners, for helping me to restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine, the medicine that grows right outside your door. Good night. All right, and good night. And remember that in your travels, the best pizza, believe it or not, in all of my travels has been in Connecticut. Very thin crust pizza. I don't know if it's something in the water there or something. I love the pizza in certain places in Connecticut that <laughs> you mentioned. So have a great all evening. All right, I'll check it out there. Go to Connecticut and get a piece of pizza. Yeah, the uh, place, place here the in my old- small town, a place called... Slices was just uh, uh, voted one of the top three places to get pizza outside New York City. Oh, okay, because people debate New York, Chicago, and a couple other places. And honestly, Connecticut so far has been my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) But it's by a subtle margin, perhaps, but still, yes. (laughs) There you go, folks. Green blessings and pizza tips, too. 
Remember right. that pizza helps prevent prostate cancer. It's a health food. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, and have a great evening, Susan, and a great week. You too, Daniel. All right. Everybody, this has been Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Susan Weed. Again, a nice half-hour herbal medicine class. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, the kind that grows right out your back door. Have a great evening and have a great week, as we said. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Blessed are we in the morning. Blessed.